0: the story to page 467. 467 pages later, good for you. If you get your standard Bible this morning, turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Chapter 21. We all love the perfect ending. That's what we want in life, isn't it? We all want a perfect ending. Every novel that we read, every story that we engage upon, we want a perfect ending. I was thinking this week about the most perfect ending that I could think of, and one of them for me was on the last missions trip that I led I took a group of young adults down to southwest Mexico, and we laid the foundation for a church in the heroin capital of the world. It was, it was an incredible experience to know that we were beginning the process of God's light shining in a very dark place, and we worked hard. There were people throwing up. There were people with Montezuma's revenge. There were people with all types of vicious things happening to them, but at the end of the day, we laid a foundation for a church that today we know the pastor and we know all the wonderful things God's doing through those people, and, and the, the work seemed like light and momentary trouble because of what God did. Towards the end of that missions trip, we, we needed to drive three hours down the coast back to the airport, and right next to the airport was the Pacific Ocean, and we stopped that last afternoon and laid on a white sandy beach with a beautiful bay that was overlooking the Pacific Ocean, and we sat there and we ate fresh guacamole and fish tacos and watched the sunset in the west. It was a perfect ending until we had to go to sleep that night on the floor of that old church. (laughs) That night, the ladies found out that they would not be sleeping alone, but there were furry creatures that were living with them. There was also somebody who got a cold that night and snored so loud that nobody in his wing got any sleep. (laughs) So even when you think you have the perfect ending, you don't really have the perfect ending, but today I get to tell you the story of God's perfect ending for us, and there is no part B with rodents and snoring. There is just part A, and it's beautiful, and it's awesome. The book of Revelation is one of the most misunderstood, or, 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 more, or perhaps I should say, it's one that is often uh, scary <laughs> to, for folks to read because it fits into a genre called an apocalypse, which... <laughs> In its very name sounds pretty apocalyptic, so uh, it makes people concerned, but I just want to sort of break it down for you today and what you'll be reading this week if you haven't already. The Apostle John, a disciple of Jesus Christ, one of Jesus' best friends at the end of his life, was exiled to the island of Patmos. He was suffering for Jesus, and God gave him a vision of what the church needs to do now and what is to come, the perfect ending to God's story. And the first part of the book of Revelation is to seven churches that John oversaw all over Asia, and it had a moral urgency to it. And you'll read some of that in the story this week, the moral urgency for the church to get their stuff together, because it was important that they had a mission in the world and they didn't want to miss it. A vast portion of the book of Revelation, then, is about God's judgment, God having had enough of the sin and the darkness In this rule of this age that has left so many things broken. And you read in in, uh, lots of terms with lots of allusions, with lots of uh, mental pictures, how the end is going to come and how this old earth and this old order is going to pass away. But at the very end of the story, the last chapters of Revelation, we see the ending. The perfect ending. And I want to talk to you about it today. Because it's not just a way to wrap up the story, because there is a moral urgency attached to it that all of us needs to take a look at. Let's look at chapter 21 of the story, verse 1, page 467. John said, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them in their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And to the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. That's the picture the picture of a new heaven and a new earth. And John goes on to describe that holy city coming down from God that, that, that is going to be the new dwelling for humanity, a perfect ending for us, beautiful. And once again, it's, it, he's, 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 he's using the power of, in this case, the Greek language to try to explain all that he sees, but language is not enough to convey the beauty of what God has in store for us when he makes us a whole new world. That's what God's going to do. That's the perfect ending, a whole new world. And this world, this earth that he's going to make, and this new heaven that he's going to make, it reminds us of Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, now he is creating a new heaven and a new earth, and we're going to see that the separation between heaven and earth, it's sort of non-existent. There doesn't seem to be two spheres, but, but, but the spiritual and the physical seem to, to match up in a way that they never have before in this whole new world. The old earth has passed away, and God has made everything new. Now, this should not surprise us. Paul let us know this back in Romans, that this earth that we're on right now is in bondage to Decay. I was sitting with the elders yesterday, and we were talking about everybody's personal physical ailments, and I said, we're all in bondage to decay, too. We are all in bondage to decay. We realize that the world is not going to last forever, nor are we going to last forever, but God is going to make something that lasts forever. Because we understand as we look around this world, Christian and non-Christian, we look at this world and we go, something's off. Yes, this world is beautiful, but something about it is broken. Yes, there's a lot to enjoy in this life, but there's also a lot to despise in this life. Yes, we receive and give love, but there's also can be great loneliness. There can be great pleasure, but there can also be great pain. And of course, the, 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 the end game here is, is this can be a place of life, but ultimately this earth is a place of death. Does anybody want the present order to remain? No as much as we can get some enjoyment out of this life and the bible says god's given us all things for our enjoyment we don't want the end of the story to be death in fact the bible says way back in the old testament god has placed eternity in our hearts we expect there to be something different we expect there to be something that that extends beyond this life that is better than this life it's in our hearts from the time we were born And when we find out just exactly how that's going to be accomplished, all of a sudden we have peace in our souls. I like this concept. I like the fact that there's going to be a new earth because I didn't want to be an angel. Did not want to get fitted for wings. Not my idea of a good time. I don't want to be on a cloud strumming a harp. I like being human. I don't want to change in such a way as to no longer be myself. I'm being serious about that. God created human beings, and he said they are very good. God's not going to do anything that's going to cause you to cease to be human. When the new earth comes, you are going to become the human that God designed you to be. The broken human, the one in bondage to decay, gone the resurrected human remember jesus was the first resurrected human because he came to earth in human form first resurrected now we get to be resurrected human beings not in bondage to decay but on this whole new world that god created us and we get to enjoy the earth as we were meant to i don't know if on the new earth the browns will win the super bowl <laughs> but if that's possible anyhow We'll do, we won't go there. The, the, we're going to get to experience life as we were meant to. It's a beautiful picture. It's part of the perfect ending, but it's not the best part. It's not the best part. It's not that the water will taste sweeter, the trees will be greater, the, 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 the fruit of our labor will be, will be uh, easier to, to accomplish, and it won't be that. We're burying the lead here because the one from the throne, God declares in a loud voice, look. God's dwelling place is now among his people. That's the lead. That's the lead. We get to be united with the one who loved us first, who loves us most, and who loves us best. That's the lead. God is going to dwell with us. God created us to be with us. Human beings are the crown jewel of creation. God created us to have a relationship with him, and that's going to take place. You guys see it all the time, don't you? The reunion shows, mom or dad has been overseas fighting for our country. They put on some catcher gear, their kid's gonna throw out the first pitch at the baseball game. The catcher catches it, they think that it's a team player from their favorite team, but all of a sudden the mask comes off and it's mom or dad. They rush, they meet on the infield, it's beautiful. We have these pictures in our minds of that reunion of love that we're all seeking. Like It's it's August, so uh, Christmas advertising should be starting in about a week. And you'll see an advertisement for that kid who comes home from college and they stand in the foyer with mom and dad and the hugs are long and beautiful and the turkey is brown and perfect and everybody's just going to have a great time. That reunion, we love those reunions. We love that time when we get together with the ones who love us most and best. But we must not forget that when we see God, we are going to see the one who loved us first. Before you were a twinkle in your parents' eye. The Lord knew you, thought of you, figured out your DNA pattern. He knew you. He loved you first. He loves you most. Isn't that good crazy to even think about more than your father, mother, sister, brother? The Lord loves you. He loves you, and He loves you best. because He loved you so much that He sent his son to make sure that you would not have to miss eternity with him. He paid a great price. To bring you into the fold to be united with him he loves you best and when you see God face to face there will be absolutely no challenging this point you're gonna go that this is the reuniting that I was made for and God's gonna dwell with us there's gonna be no separation he's gonna be right here with us as he always meant to be we saw that picture in Genesis And God walked in the cool of the day in the garden. Well, the garden's going to be restored, and God is going to be with us. Now, there's more. There's more to this perfect ending because there's going to be no more brokenness. God says from the throne, I'm going to wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, for the old order's passed away. The old order ends in death, crying, pain, not the new order the new earth that God's going to bring, there's going to be nothing like that. I don't like crying. I'm looking forward to never crying again. I don't like pain. I'm looking forward to never being in pain again. I, I, I certainly don't like death. And I look forward to never having to think about it again. That's what God is doing It's almost unfathomable. I was reading the story to my sons last night. They're two and five. The two-year-old just makes jokes the whole time. The five-year-old listens. And I was reading this chapter of the story, and and, and my five-year-old is looking at me. He's like, Dad, Dad, but what if we cut ourselves on the new earth? Will we bleed everywhere? And I'm like, no, you're not going to cut yourself. But what if we do? (laughs) And I'm like, no, you don't understand. God is going to bring us into perfection. We're not. There's going to be no pain. You you will not cut yourself. Yes, but what if we do? <laughs> I was getting nowhere fast. I'm like, let's pray and close this thing. So, dear Lord Jesus, bless Cameron and Landon. You know, we just had to we had to get past this. But isn't it almost unfathomable? Because everything we've experienced our whole lives is like pain, death. Like, our kids will be able to, cr- oh they won't be kids, I imagine, but our kids will be able to crawl at the very top of the jungle gym, and you'll be like, yeah, go ahead and fall. You know, you won't even care. <laughs> you'll be all good. You grandparents know what I'm talking about. Your grandkids do anything. You're like, "Oh!" <laughs> you know. No more pain. No more tears. No more crying. We'll be able to work. We'll have things to do, just like they did in the garden, but it's not going to, like, break immediately. I remember years ago, I looked at Gina, we had finally got a date night, and I I said, you know what, just give me 20 minutes, I'm going to fix this toilet that's running. Never try to fix a toilet right before you go on a date, by the way. (laughs) Two hours later, the toilet wasn't fixed, and my relationship with my wife was broken. (laughs) You won't toil like that anymore. Those home projects, they're going to go well. The work that you do is going to be blessed. The curse is going to be lifted. Isn't it almost unfathomable that what you put your mind to is going to go well? Almost unfathomable. But God says we have work to do that we're going to rule and reign with him. It's no no accident that he spun out galaxies. He's going to have a lot of people to give work to do. We're going to get to create with him because God's a creative God. Isn't that cool? That's the new earth. That's, That's the new reality. Almost unfathomable. I think that's why then God looks at John's like, John, John, write this down. He stops in verse 5. Did you see it? John, write this down. This is trustworthy, too. Because I think John was like, But what if we cut ourselves in heaven? Will I bleed everywhere? <laughs> John could not take it in at this moment. It was too much. It was too much. To, so, so, so God has to stop his description of heaven to be like, John, write it down. This is why I'm giving you this vision. John's like, Oh, whoops, sorry. Yeah, let me get this down. How is all this possible? What makes this possible? Well, that's why Jesus says from the throne, John, I want you to know it's done. It's done. It reminds us of Jesus' words on the cross where he says, it is finished. You see, Jesus has already purchased our eternity for God. The minute he died and rose again, he purchased this ending. So when he looks at John and says, it is done, he says that in the perfect active indicative Those of you who love grammar, that means it's already happened. This eternity is purchased. This is not a maybe. This is a will be. This perfect ending is a will be. It was purchased with his blood. In fact, at the beginning of the book of Revelation, you see the people in in, in heaven crying out, who who is worthy to set about this this chain of events by which the old order passes away and the new earth comes? Who is worthy? And you find out that the only one who is worthy is the lamb who was slain, the Passover lamb. The, I mean, if, if you read the whole story, don't you get all these allusions now? The Passover lamb who was slain, the blood, his blood that covers the sins of the world. Only he's able to bring about this ending, and his return is what is going to bring about this new heaven and this new earth. And it's done. This future for humanity has been purchased he says that the tree of life is now bearing 12 crops of fruit in chapter 22. The tree of life that they were barred from in the garden once they decided to walk away from God, the tree of eternal life, it, it, it's bearing 12 cro- crops of fruit. It, it, it bears fruit every month. The picture that John gives us is eternal life is it's full and it's free and it's and it's, it's everything that we could have hoped for. So God's already accomplished it. And when you see that tree of life resurface in chapter 22, you go, yeah. There was a tree of life in the garden. That's cool. That's cool. I see that picture that God's trying to paint, that, that we get to live eternally. I don't understand it, but I see it. How cool. He restores Eden. Except there's one tree missing. Remember, there were two important trees in the garden. One was the tree of life, and one was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One was the tree over here, which the serpent looked at Adam and Eve and said, do you want to be God? Do you want to know what evil is? Do you want to know what is the opposite of God? Eat from here. And you'll be able to be master of your own destiny. That tree's missing from the new earth. You say, well, well is there going to be any choice? Is there going to be any choice? And the answer is yes, there will be plenty of choice you'll get to choose good, good, gooder, or goodest. (laughs) The possibility for evil will not exist because the day you knelt at the foot of the cross is the day you chose the tree of life over the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, it's done in your life already. When you give your life to Christ, you say, I renounce my own self-destiny. I want to walk towards a God who I know loves me, who is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to walk towards God for now and for eternity. I renounce ownership of my own life in eternity. I want what he has for me. When you kneel at the foot of the cross by the grace of Jesus Christ, you choose the tree of eternal life in that instant. In that instant. But the truth is, the story's going to end as it began. Because we all know that there are still people in this age who are choosing to walk away from the God who loves them first, most, and best. That want to have ownership of their life that God gave them and their future, which God's the boss of, anyways. And say, I'm just going to do things my way. The story ends as it began, on the bottom of page 469, chapter 22, verse 17. We find that God is still in relentless pursuit of us right now. The Spirit, it says, in verse twenty two seventeen, 17, bottom of 469, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of water of life. Do all of them come to Jesus? The story ends as it began because even though eternity, the perfect ending has been purchased, the old order is not yet closed. This old earth is not yet wiped away because God is interested that more and more people come to know him and spend eternity with him. Right now, the Spirit of God is is working in this earth before this age comes to a close, whispering in the ear of men and women and children, come to Jesus. For he is the representation that God loves you first, most, and best, and he has purchased eternity for you. The Spirit of God is at work to bring people back to God before the end of this age. On the back wall, there's a, there's a pallet wall with a cross in the center, And a while back, many of you put slips of paper in with names of people that you hoped would come to Jesus. And isn't it a great assurance to know that you are not the only one hoping that they come to know the Lord, but the Spirit of God is already at work to bring them to the God who created them. You just are joining God in what he is already doing. That's what you're doing, joining him in what he's already about but it also says the bride says come that's the name for the church god's people that's that's the that's the imperative that the church exists in this world to look at those who are lost and dying in this age and say come to jesus that's why we're here that not for 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 simply to have church services and not simply to do Do things in the community. It's all part and parcel of what the the, the main goal is, which is to tell people who have chosen not life, but have chosen death and chosen to walk away from God to look at them and say, God loves you and He created you and He sent His Son to die for you and He has a hope and a future for you. He wants to purchase it for you, but will you kneel at the foot of the cross? The church exists to say, Come to Jesus. John writes to the readers here and says, if you're hearing this, look at this. It says, and and let the one who hears say, come. Come, if you're hearing this, you should be looking at others just by hearing it and go, 'Uh, yeah, yeah, we need that. That's the future that we're all after. We need that perfect ending. Come. Jesus has already completed his work for us. It is done. Eternity is purchased. There's just a decision that needs to be made. And then the Bible says, if you want life that's like eternal life, the water of life, come and take it. It's done. Nothing's barring you from spending eternity with God. Nothing. Nothing. The water of life is free. That's why it said in the last chapter, there'll be no more sea. You can't drink seawater. There's no life in that for you. Now there's just rivers of flowing water that can be drank forever. That's eternity. But it should give us a moral urgency today to recognize that if eternity is not yet, our job is to say, come to Jesus. We have a beautiful future. Let us make others aware that there is this beautiful future. May we never become a people who are satisfied with our perfect ending, but okay with somebody else's imperfect future. We don't want anybody to spend eternity apart from the God who loves them first, most, and best. So let us revel in God's gift for us and then choose to give it away. For that is why God called us in the first place. He is a good God. And he loves us very much. And he is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance and spend eternity with him. Let us, as his church, his bride, not be willing in the same way that any should perish. Let us make sure that this is the ending that we make available to any we meet because it's free. God's already purchased it. And it is done. The one true God created human beings to be his prized possession. And though they walked away from him, he pursued them. He demonstrated his love for them in this, that while they were still sinners, Christ died for them. By his death and resurrection, he defeated sin and death and purchased eternal life for them. And one day that Jesus will return. So that we can spend eternity with the one who loves us first, most, and best. The end. Let's pray. Father God, the Bible makes it so clear that you are still in pursuit of men and women today. It's why you have not yet returned. You want more and more people to spend eternity with you. If today you're in this place and you're hearing this, maybe not for the first time, but maybe you're truly hearing it. It's getting down in your heart and in your spirit that there will be a day where this earth passes away and what we experience here, what we know here is going to be no more, but there's something greater and better. Something that we were designed for, created to be, awaits. And you're still clinging to this old order of things, this broken world that ultimately has nothing for you. And you'd say, I don't want to miss eternity with God. I I, I, I want to be with the one who created me. I don't understand it all. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm to do tomorrow if I make this decision today. But if you're here right now and you say, I, I've heard the words and I believe that Jesus did this for me. I believe it's done and all I have to do is turn back to the God who created me. Turn my life back over to the one who loved me first, most, and best. That's it. It's resonating in your heart today. Don't leave this place without making a decision that will last for eternity. Don't leave this place wondering what's going to happen to you on that day. You don't need to. The Lord Jesus has made a way for you to be with God for eternity. And you don't need to fear for your future today you have heard these words and you want to receive this free gift of life all you have to do is come come to the foot of the cross it's figurative but it's literal say Jesus I accept what you did on my behalf I don't want to stand before God saying I'm a good person I want to stand before God saying I know your son and he's made a way for me to spend eternity with you that's you today this to be the day that you choose the tree of life, that you choose Jesus, that you choose the one who created you, I would just have you lift one hand to God and say, God, that's me today, I want to receive, I want to receive. Jesus is worth it. As we've talked about today, spending eternity with him is going to be even better. Anybody else today make that decision for the first time? I'm choosing the Lord Jesus. I'm choosing that free gift of life. Father God, I pray for those gathered here hearing your voice today, and I thank you for that. I pray in this moment that as we pray, they would feel a sense of your spirit and your grace flooding into their life. And know, Lord, that this moment is not an accident, nor is it some mechanism of some church, but something's happening between them and the God who loves them. Would everybody in this place, who either one knows the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior, or today is praying for the first time, in this place to receive that free gift of eternal life. Would you repeat after me? And that will help give confidence to those who are praying with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what I've heard today. That Jesus loves me. That you have a plan for me. A perfect ending. And I look forward to it. From today on, I want to serve you, God. I choose you. I choose life. Forgive me for all of my sins. Make me new and use me, Lord, for all the good things you're doing on this earth. I'll serve you all my days and look forward to meeting you face-to-face. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today for the very first time, or maybe you prayed it, you know, three times with me already, but you're like, what do I do next in this walk of faith? Right up here I have a little book, it's called Living in Christ. It just takes you through the book of John. It just talks to you about the decision that you've just made. Some of our church leaders, they're going to be up here. They're called elders right after church. They'll have this. If you have any questions about what to do next, they'll answer them. If you don't, get a book. They'll say, God bless you. Enjoy the picnic, all right? But please come and get one of these if you prayed this prayer today because we are so excited that God's been touching your heart and speaking to you. As we've talked about this entire service today, we have brought to a conclusion the story. And we heard testimonies from the children this morning, but we haven't yet heard any testimonies from the ones in this room. And so before we close today, we're gonna get to read some of those testimonies in this place of what God's been doing, what God has said, what God has revealed in the last 31 weeks to some of the people that you go to church with. And once we've seen those testimonies and seen all the good things that God's done, we're gonna invite you to stand to your feet after that. And we're just gonna praise God His goodness, His love, His mercy, and the fact that His story is our story, and we get to spend eternity with Him. Let's read those testimonies this morning. You didn't know we could do testimonies in two minutes did you isn't it awesome what god has done in our midst isn't he a good god the ways god has revealed himself to these folks are the ways that god is attempting to reveal himself to all Life and hope in a future for everyone. Would you stand with us today? Stand with these. Let's celebrate God's goodness, the fact that we get to participate in the greatest story that was ever told.